1: This episode, episode one eighty six, for the love of the game on the Bleed Podcast Network, is brought to you by Bet Online. The sports calendar is absolutely packed right now, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. NBA is going on, NFL down the stretch. They come in the regular season. We've got the World Cup. We've got college basketball, college football playoffs right around the corner. NHL boxing, MMA, tennis, you name it, BetOnline's got it. Head to BetOnline.ag today to join and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive 50% on your first deposit. Again, a 50% welcome bonus if you use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. Get started there. Bet online where the game starts. With that said, episode one eighty six for the love of the game. Let's get this work. Mike John, John,
0: Mike John. I stay flossing in that candy paint, blowing dank, sipping drank, ready for tearing up the lane, tearing up the lane, yeah. I stay flossing in that candy paint. Goin' dank, sippin' drank on 84 swine, tearin' up a lane, tearin' up a lane, you can tell I'm bawlin' from the way I'm flossing,
1: 84's I'm crawlin', screen's fallin' as I slide up and down your block with a chain full of rocks and princess cuts in my white light. Welcome back, welcome back. Episode 186, for the love of the game, it's your boy A.T.H. Back behind the mic, it is Tuesday evening, and congratulations to the United States Soccer team advancing in the World Cup, or we like to call it football over there, advancing in the World Cup after beating Iran this afternoon, I should say Iran this afternoon, 1-0, they are on to the knockout round, they play the Netherlands, good showing for the United States, we thought it was going to be a little dicey, but they got it done, I would have thought they would have scored more than one goal against Iran, again, I am not a soccer expert, but that's just my initial take, but There we are. Knockout round, Netherlands. Let's go, United States. All right, so week 12 in the NFL is in the books for the Giants. It started Thanksgiving Day, and it was not a particularly fun Thanksgiving Day for the New York Giants, losing 28-20 to the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Shout out to the Giants for the ultimate backdoor cover that helped yours truly on Thanksgiving Day. But for the Giants, an undermanned team, a very limited team. It just goes to show you that the quarterbacks got limitations. It goes to show you that the defense without a Dory Jackson playing has major question marks in the secondary and they're being propped up by a coaching staff. And all that being said, when the Giants went for it on their side of the field, fourth and one, they were down 14 to 13. It was like on their 45 yard line and they only had 10 men on the field. Only 10 men on the field. Ridiculous. They drew up a play that worked. It worked. Saquon Barkley was open. Yes, he should have caught the ball slightly behind them. If he catches the ball and falls down, it's a first down. If Daniel Jones is able to lead him, it's possibly a touchdown. The game's completely different. But the Giants were really outclassed on Thanksgiving Day, and it was a little disheartening. They're 7-4. They have to split against the Washington Commanders or else the dreams of the playoffs are done. We'll see what happens. I, we'll get to them in picks against the spread this week, but the Giants have some have some soul-searching to do, and you got to reach back and win two of your next six games. Two should get you in. Three will give you cushion, but they, they have some soul-searching to do. But I... I kind of have a little bit of confidence, even though it it's it looks like it's going to be a struggle going forward. As for the Jets, after a disgusting performance against the Patriots, Zach Wilson was benched. Mike White was in. Zach Wilson wasn't even active. And the Jets hang 31 on a bad Bears defense in the rain. They went 31 to 10. But the story's Mike White. The offense just zipped. Garrett Wilson was getting open and getting the football. Elijah Moore was getting open and getting the football. And the offense just looked a lot better. We've probably seen Zach Wilson throw his last pass for the New York Jets. Now, the Jets have a really tough schedule coming up. They play Minnesota this week. It's going to be an uphill battle for them to make the playoffs as well. Uh, So we'll see what Mike White gives them the rest of the year. Uh, We're going to talk to a recurring guest who happens to be a Jets fan, get his opinion on what the Jets are going to do next year. I do not think Mike White is actually going to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. I believe that they will probably go out to get a veteran. But from what I understand... It's a rich quarterback draft, so maybe they'll try again in the first round. But I think Zach Wilson's time with the New York Jets is done. And I also believe that this regime, Joe Douglas, will get another crack at drafting a quarterback because he's done so well. Otherwise, he's earned the opportunity to draft another quarterback, which is rare for general managers because usually when they miss on a quarterback in the top 10, it's curtains. But that's not the case for this New York Jets team. So kudos to the Jets. Around the NFL. So it seems like the Cincinnati Bengals, who went to the Super Bowl last year, had a little bit of a slow start. Well, it seems like they're back. They get an impressive win in Tennessee, 20-16. to 16. Joe Burrow is cementing himself as a top 3-4 to four quarterback in this league. I felt that way for a while, but it seems like the... National media is finally coming to agree with me on this. Cincinnati is going to be dangerous. They get Jamar Chase back. They're going to be a dangerous, dangerous team. I think they're going to win that division. I know they have a tough schedule coming up, but I think they are the best team in the AFC North, which brings me to the Ravens losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. The Ravens have not historically played well in Jacksonville. 28-27, 28-27, I think that was the score, or whatever. They lost by one. Trevor Lawrence had his moment. Welcome to the NFL moment. Comeback win. Engineered a late game drive. Successful two-point conversion. Just an unbelievable win for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've been a Trevor Lawrence believer this entire time. I know it, it hasn't been as quick an ascension as we all thought, considering the pedigree. But the Jaguars... Offense has been pretty good this year, like uh, low-key pretty good this year, under the radar. And he's really good. I think he has a tremendous amount of talent. He's only going to get better if they fill out the roster around him. Doug Peterson is way more competent than Urban Meyer was last year in the shit show that was the Jacksonville Jaguars. So good for them. Uh, They have an interesting game this week against the Lions. Two Bad teams, but two kind of interesting teams, especially going forward. So we'll see. As for the Ravens, another lead blown. It's just – i I'm just a skeptic. I'm a skeptic of the Ravens, their defense, which had been beating up on bad offensive teams, let them down this game. But Lamar Jackson's not really helping them. He's not helping them salt away wins. And it's because he can't throw the ball downfield. His accuracy and completion percentage – Throwing the ball deep is horrific. It's at the bottom of the league. And I know somebody tweeted out that they shouldn't be paying him max dollars and Lamar Jackson got all up in his fields and responded and you know, had a very colorful response. I'll we'll just put it that way. But I think the guy's right. If Lamar Jackson wants $250 million guaranteed because the Cleveland Browns were dumb enough to give that to Deshaun Watson, well, then the Ravens should just let him walk and they should try again. Yeah, I'm not sure Derek Carr is much worse than Lamar Jackson. I, I'm just—I'm not a Lamar Jackson believer. I, I think the year he won MVP, the numbers were great, but I don't ever think he was the MVP of the league. I, I would just go the other way, and you're seeing it right now. He's just limited. He's very limited. I know people don't like to say that because of Bill Polian's opinion before the draft and and racism now, but I just don't think the guy is a really good good passer and he's an electrifying talent but i don't think he's a good enough passer to justify the contract that he wants and if you're going to give it to him you're just going to be boxed in and ravens fans are just going to be disappointed year in and year out uh the miami dolphins another impressive win i know they let the get ass off i know they let their foot off the gas they were up 30 to nothing basically took two a out which was great because he got a couple of dangerous hits, and they need him. He was sensational yet again. I know it's a bad Texans team, but Tua was leading the offense, so good for him. It's going to be a really interesting, fun game against San Francisco. They go on the road. Should be the game of the weekend. Really excited for that. All right, so that brings me to Week 13, Picks Against the Spread. Last week, we were 3-2. and two. And if the NFL knew what a touchdown was and what a catch was, the Patriots would have covered the number in minnesota still a little salty about that so right now we are 30 29 and two on the year so here we go first pick tennessee titans they're getting five and a half in philadelphia i like tennessee here it's a good football team it's a team that plays close games i i haven't been impressed with the eagles ability to separate i'm not sure the eagles is as good As their record says they are, even though I already just cashed a ticket for their season wins over. So thank you to the Eagles. But I like Tennessee, even on the road, getting five and a half here. Two, I like the Giants plus two and a half at home. Home underdogs, it's a theme. The Commanders have been super hot lately, but I just think it's going to come back down to earth. And I think this Giants team's fights, and I think they're going to get a win at home. Uh, So I like the Giants plus two and a half at three. I like the Chargers minus one in Vegas against the Raiders. Raiders, a nice win in Seattle. I just think they're not good enough to win two games in a row, so I like the Chargers here. At four, I don't normally like taking Thursday games, but I like the Bills minus four at New England. I am a seller on this New England thing. I have been for the year. I don't think they're a particularly good team. I have them winning under eight and a half games, and if the Bills are as good as we think they are, they're going to have full weeks of rest. So there's no real excuse here. I like the Bills minus four. I just think they're better. And five, I don't love doing this because the Broncos have been so horrific this year, especially on offense. Russell Wilson, who was once my dude who I championed for, has been absolutely dreadful. And shout out to the defensive lineman for getting in his face because that Russell Wilson is flat out sucked and is making a lot of money to suck. But I have them covering the nine and a half against the Ravens, even in Baltimore the Ravens don't put teams away as I just mentioned they let teams back in even though I think the Ravens can win the game or should win the game I don't think they're going to win by that many because I don't think the Ravens are that good either so again Tennessee plus five and a half Giants plus two and a half Chargers minus one Bills minus four Broncos plus nine and a half that's your week 13 picks against the spread all right, so quick Rangers update. The Rangers lost 5-3 to the Devils last night. They went up two goals quick. They have been a maddening inconsistent team. To say the least, they've been sluggish. Igor Shesterkin has not been as good as he was last year. The defense has been bad. They're having trouble scoring 5-on-5. Five five. I'm not sure it's time to panic in Rangerland. The team that I thought gave New York City its best chance at a title this year, I I really believe the Rangers were on the cusp of trying to win a title and being the upper echelon of the league, but it's it's concerning. They they really need to get their act together to say the least. A couple of quick NBA thoughts before I bring on tonight's guest, recurring guest. Pleasant surprises. We mentioned the Pacers and the Kings. They've been really really pleasant surprises. The Pacers are top Five in the East right now after beating the Lakers on a buzzer beater last night. That made me smile. And the Kings have been playing good ball. They played a really entertaining game against the Suns, even though they came up short. And it goes back to the Tyrese Halliburton for DeMontis Sabonis trade last year. Halliburton has been sensational. I understand that. The advanced stats look great. But for all those who are saying that it was an absolute trade rape, well, You can count this one as a win for ATH because Sabonis has been awesome. He's arguably been the second best big man in the Western Conference this year, and his team's winning. So to say that it was a trade rape for the Pacers is just false because, honestly, the Kings would do it over again, 10 times over, because the Sabonis-Fox pairing has been awesome, and it just alleviated a logjam. So... Good on the Kings for playing good basketball and good on the Pacers. A really surprised team. Again, Halliburton's been sensational, probably be an all-star this year. Benedict Matherin could easily win rookie of the year. He's been sensational too. A real surprise for the Pacers, who we thought were going to be boring and bad while they've been anything but. Two, the Celtics' offense right now is historically great. Efficiency-wise, they may be the most efficient offense in the history of basketball. Yeah, the rise of the three-point shot helps that. In terms of career numbers, but my goodness, they've been killing teams. They look absolutely, absolutely sensational. I mean, Jason Tatum has taken another leap. Jalen Brown has gotten incrementally better. And the Celtics are dangerous, absolutely dangerous. A team that you thought was going to have a hangover, the team that you thought was going to be in a little bit of disarray after the Ime Udoka ousting his coach. But Joe Missoula has them playing really, really good basketball, especially on the offensive end. Uh, three, the Warriors, last year's title team, started out slow. Looks like they're coming along right now. Steph Curry is arguably the best player in basketball right now. They look like they're turning the corner, and he's been absolutely sensational. Four, Devin Booker, a guy I've been critical in the past of. Well, he's was great last year, and he's now taking it even up another level this year. I always said that Chris Paul was the driver of that team, even though that Devin Booker was great, even though Booker was putting up numbers. But right now, he has the moxie on both ends of the court right now that he's the leader of that team. He's taking that team, and they're following his lead. So good on him. Shout-out to Yitz Mendelitz, giving your boy a little bit of props. Devin Booker's been sensational. Five, Kristaps Porzingis. Complicated relationship with Kristaps Porzingis. Well, he has been awesome for the Wizards. Just came off a 41-point spot against the T-Wolves. He's been fantastic this year. Absolutely fantastic. I think he's going to make the all-star team this year. The Wizards have been better than expected. Really good stuff from him. People thought that Julius Randle was better than him. Well, maybe for a weird COVID season. But other than that, I mean, Kristaps Porzingis is better than Julius Randle by leaps and bounds. Knicks fans, deep down, I know you missed Chris Dobbs. It may have been a great trade because the Knicks got picks back, even though they didn't include any of those picks for Donovan Mitchell, whatever we've been down that road. So shout out to Chris Dobbs, Zingas, our old friend, which leads me to the Dallas Mavericks. Right now, they're out of the play-in altogether in the Western Conference. They're 9-10, and 10, under 500. luka Luka's been sensational, but they're struggling. I think they're 1-6 in their last seven games. Dallas has a little bit of a Luka problem. And it's not because Luka isn't great, because Luka is great. He's beyond great. But it's a limited roster. And the Luka ball right now isn't working. It's not working. The league is too good right now to be able to play Luka ball and get good results, as great as he's been. And I've said this multiple times, multiple, multiple times that his style of play isn't going to win big in the NBA. It's just not. It's just not. Guys need to feel involved. And yeah, you can say that the roster is limited, but also the roster is going to look a whole lot limited if they're just standing around watching Luka. I know Giannis and Luka have very similar usage rates, but the difference between Giannis's usage rate and Luka's usage rate is the style of said usage rate. Watch the two of them play. You can tell the difference. Guys are moving. Guys are involved even with Giannis' usage rate. And you'll see when Chris Middleton gets back and Drew Holiday is a more consistent guy in the lineup, Giannis will be able to pull his usage rate back and still put up the same numbers as he's been putting up now. Luca isn't able to do that. And maybe, just maybe that's a reason why they've had trouble getting free agents to play with him and maybe there's a little bit of truth to that in terms of why jalen brunson walked and signed with the Knicks instead i'm just saying it's time for jason kidd to sit luca down and talk about how he should be empowering his teammates a little bit more to be better and then maybe just maybe the roster will improve around them anyway It's a couple of quick NBA thoughts. We're going to bring on a recurring guest. He has to gloat about his college football team, about the Jets, about Mike White. We're going to bring him on in just a matter of moments. I alluded to it in the monologue. I am not the biggest college football fan, but I have a very special recurring guest who's coming on. We're going to talk a little college football. His Michigan Wolverines may have had the biggest win that they've had in the last decade. In Columbus against Ohio State, 45 to 23. We're going to bring him on in a second. Jordan Marks, how we doing, buddy? Must be flying high.
0: We are on cloud nine, my friend. We are on cloud nine.
1: I always say, because you're an awesome guest, that anytime Michigan has a big win, you can always come on to gloat. Always the floor is yours. But before we get into that, your New York Jets and the Mike White experience... Sunday was it was a good game for Mike White I mean he played well even in the rain 31 10 against the Bears uh your thoughts on Mike White the QB situation the Jets as a whole and how you see this playing out
0: yeah I mean I was I was definitely a little stunned that they like went with Mike White and just totally deactivated Wilson I mean I think that was part of the all field stuff right um but
1: I you mean know, the locker room must hate Zach Wilson.
0: It, yeah, and, and that's it. There, there's more to being a quarterback in the NFL than having a, a ridiculously high ceiling arm, right? And and that's obvious. And and we don't Zach Wilson might, I mean, definitely probably has a higher ceiling arm, right? Um, but but there's a lot more than that. It's 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 a you're you're running a company at that point. You're running a company with real-time employees. And those real-time employees are are the best at at every position uh, in, in the world. Um, and, and really Zach Wilson didn't command that, that locker room at all. Um, the, the, the space that he's in, in new, in New York is a really high pressure, high, strong situation that's been said time and time again, and we don't have to go into that, but, um, he folded and Kenny, can he, can he bounce back. I, I don't know, but they're probably going to give him a shot because you can't just, roll over a uh, number 2 overall pick but
1: you you um, think you are he's going to get another chance i think he's thrown his last pass for the jets
0: i, I don't know about that i i, I need mean, to just to just throw him into a grave is is tough i mean that that is the del- that's exploding everything right um it, it's possible i don't i mean you can run with Mike White mike white was awesome i mean some of that's probably on the bears um but
1: you know, I'm sure a bunch of it's on
0: the Bears and they're like last great right. defense. He's not going to throw over 300 yards and three touchdowns every single week. It's not. It's not happening. Um, but but the Jets are playing meaningful games in December, and I think what this what this franchise needs is to play a playoff game, and I think that's what the fans want. So we'll see. We'll see what how how they go. I, you think that Zach Wilson's toast? I don't know. Um, it, it would be it would be a lot to just throw a number two overall pick in the garbage.
1: Where do how does he come back from it, though? Like, like, what's the path? Because there are going to be some veterans out there. And as I, as I said in the monologue, I alluded to it. Like, this is a, from what I understand, the first round is a QB-rich first round this year. More so than it was last year. And I think the regime has done enough to warrant if they choose to go again and draft a quarterback in the first round. They've done enough to be able to do that again. And have a second chance which normally gms don't get so i just don't see how all of a sudden zach wilson is just gonna like flip the switch and and gain the respect of the dudes in the locker room i think the
0: roster is, is too good to, to just start over with a rookie quarterback i think i think you're probably better off with getting one of those veteran guys or not even a veteran guy just like you know a middle of the pack guy would do so great with this roster right like if you get a 10 to 20 range guy you're, you're okay um starting over and taking a shot at at one of these rookies is is a lot um and it's a lot in the new york media it's a lot in new york in general and and we've tried it we've tried it over and over again we're kind of sick of it honestly because who knows if it's going to work
1: let Um, me ask you a question last question on the jets uh would you take daniel jones (laughs) because we
0: always have this conversation and you you are you should answer this question because you're the seesaw you're the mental
1: you oh I, I think I think him. if Daniel Daniel Jones would would kill for this Jets offensive talent. I just mean, said I would, kill said kill I would take
0: I just said I would take someone in the 10 to 20 range he's in the range right so like I guess I would take him I mean I think there's other guys that are gonna be available with with the money that we, we want to spend so like, I got yeah, sure I, I guess so because he's in that range right he's not one of the 10
1: worst quarterbacks in the NFL Today. I think he'd be really good for the Jets. Um, I do. I I don't think he's going to succeed with this Giants thing. I mean, we'll see what happens down the stretch. I, I am becoming less and less confident of win- them winning their, you know, two of their last six games to get into the playoffs. But we'll see. It'll be interesting. But I think Daniel Jones, like if he was on the Jets right now, they would be re- realistically in the mix for winning the division. I, they're already, I mean, yeah, they're already in the mix. I mean, like... But they're not really in the mix.
0: I know, I know. No, no, I know. But,
1: you know, sure, yeah, yeah, I agree. As one, as much as Mike White mania is great, that's not why we brought you on. It's time to gloat. The floor is yours. I, I, I'm i just going to let you go. Just, just say what's on your mind. Michigan yeah. Wolverines football.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, un-effing-believable. Unbelievable. I mean, you go from last year, which was unbelievable, to, you know, they had the excuses last year. Michigan, Ohio State, uh, really for all the marbles last year. It was in the big house, at home, snow game. Um, They had all the excuses. We blew their doors off. I mean, blew their doors off last year. Ran the ball down their throats. Um, And then this year they come back and they say, We're going to mercy those fools. We hope there is a rule, a mercy rule. We're going to beat them by 100. We're going to eliminate them. They're never going to come back from this. This is a blip on the radar. Um, Perfect weather. Games in Columbus. Our Heisman candidates injured. Our best defensive player is injured. Everyone says we can't throw the ball. We go out there, and J.J. McCarthy, they, let, they throw six guys in the box um, on the D-line. J.J. McCarthy throws it over every single safety's head, and we just ran train on them in the second half. It was a no contest. Ryan Day was embarrassed. It was an absolute demolition on the road. The shoe was silent. It was a thing of beauty. I have been on Ohio state message boards, listening to (laughs) Ohio state podcasts for the last 72 hours. And it has been effing incredible. I truly, there has not been a better few days of my entire life. I cannot The next 365 days are going to be amazing. I can't wait to play them again in in Ann Arbor um, when they don't have CJ Stroud. And they're going to be rolling in either a redshirt freshman quarterback. He's a five star, but he's a pro style um, dude. And it's going to be great. We're going to have JJ McCarthy back and Really, I, Jim Harbaugh now owns this loser, Ryan Day. Ryan Day is now one and two against Michigan. The guy was born on third base, like we said last time. He got all of Urban Meyer's re- recruits. And now the fan base, which is my favorite part, they want to go to the college football playoff. Well, college football playoff rankings were just announced. They're number five, right? So
1: We'll get to that in a second. Hold, we'll hold that they, thought, everybody. They
0: want to go to the college football playoff.
1: For the sole reason
0: that if they lose again to Michigan, to Michigan, then Ryan Day's ass will be on the street. So that's the only reason. That that way they can no longer pull, they can get rid of the inevitable, that Ryan Day will get canned. So they want to fire a coach that's lost four games in three years. And they want to hire Mike Vrabel? He's going to come from, are you crazy? They want to bring back Urban Meyer? What about that mess? It's a joke. They're
1: a joke. Wow, what a victory. How con that was fantastic <laughs> I mean unbelievable and and the spite and the hate is just beautiful and it's something I get off on in the morning but when I have the opportunity to unfortunately for my teams I don't really have that opportunity very often um how confident were you going into the game and the level of vitriol on the Ohio State podcast message boards reddit are, are we? Are they at a DEFCON five? Is it like a seventeen out of ten? Like what? Yeah. What was? The, where are we at?
0: Number one, I was not. I was not. How would? How can I be confident? I mean, it, They. This was a video game offense, and we just struggled to beat Illinois and beat them on a last-second field goal the week prior. Uh, in that game, we lost our best player, Blake Corum, to a, with a, a knee bruise. He, he he didn't look healthy. He came in on the first drive of this game. In the first half of this game, we weren't playing well. Uh, it looked like, it looked like honestly, this would be a lopsided victory for Ohio State. Um, but they were mentally soft and absolutely um, laid down in the second half. Um, but, no, I wasn't very confident. Um, I, I was concerned. I thought C.J. Stroud would rise to the occasion. He didn't. Um, and uh, it, it was unbelievable. The Ohio State fan base, complete meltdown, like nothing you've ever seen before. Um I The message boards, the number one uh, thing is need for change now, which, to, I mean, this, this is crazy. This is really crazy. I mean, to, to want to fire this coach is nuts. He's got a top five recruiting class every single year in a year where it's extremely difficult. He's putting NFL players in every year. But because they lose the most important game, I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And they're blaming that they want this because Michigan is so great. The University of Michigan, their arch rival, is too good, so they need to make a change. And that's DEFCON 5. That's a meltdown. The fans that don't want to make the college football playoff, I mean, those guys are also the same thing. Prolong the inevitable. Get this guy out of here. Don't give him an excuse that he made the playoff and potentially got a win. Get
1: this guy. Kick his ass to the room. Do you think Ohio State is one of those programs where it doesn't really matter who the head coach is, that it's just a factory?
0: i mean i i think they need someone to understand the rivalry i do think that that's going to be important for them i mean they, no it, it's a factory in the fact that there's no chance they're not going to be a top 3 4 program the fan base right now doesn't think that they think that they're they're relegated to like penn state michigan state level that that that's what it's in their mind which is insane um they're the number 5 team right now so um but uh no i, I do I think anyone can really get to this level? And, and yeah, I mean, they're going to keep rolling over. They get so much money. All they care about is football. There's no academic standards. So like, yeah, this is it, it, it
1: oh, be the, little, the little shots in Ohio state that are being du- taken in this segment are just, it's amazing as, as a somewhat neutral observer, obviously because you're my buddy, I'd root for Michigan in this scenario. But, like, the little pod shots are fantastic. This is excellent.
0: I mean, yeah, no, they're going to be successful. I mean, they're they're not going to start losing to to Maryland and Nebraska just tomorrow. You know, they're probably going to keep steamrolling those teams. The question is, are they going to be able to then compete with USC when they join the Big Ten? Are they going to continue to get rolled over by Michigan? What's going to happen? Are they going to compete with Penn State? as Penn state rises like that, that's the contain That's the question. And that's what they need to, to keep up that standard.
1: Coach Harbaugh wasn't a very popular figure in Michigan, not that long ago. What do you say to all those who are wanting coach Harbaugh out right now?
0: I mean, they, nobody wants coach Harbaugh out right now, but back then when people, uh, I mean, the guy, the guy, adapted to change he really did i mean he he had his ways and he's definitely a weird dude there's no question about it um but he had on the football field he had his ways and you know what he's adapted the way he's recruited has he's adapted the way he man bowls which you know people say is crazy in this day and age but it's not you can run the bowl down someone's throat if you line up with three tight ends, they do it in the NFL all the time. Okay. You don't have to spread it out for receivers. You can run the ball time and time again. And we've shown that you just need a quarterback that can potentially escape the pocket and hit you over the top. That's what we've done. He's adapted. He's hired the right coaching staff. All, a lot of these coaches are going to get better jobs um, outside of the program. And then we'll keep going, right? We weren't able to stop Ohio State for a decade plus. Okay. And the reason was, was more, more so on the defensive side, we, what we did was we went to his brother and we said, we're going to just take some of your defensive minds. And we hired defensive coordinators from the Baltimore Ravens because really what Ohio State was doing was they're running an NFL offense. And now for the last two years, we've completely shut that down. So he's understood it. He's a student of the game and he's a hell of a football coach. And, and you're crazy to think that you can replace someone like that with anyone. There is no replacement. So that, that, I thought that was always crazy. Any name you come up with is crazy. And the same same thing's going to hold true for Ohio State. All these names that these crazy, crazy fans are throwing out there are not happening. And they're stupid.
1: <laughs> this is great. I love it. I absolutely love this. I absolutely love this. Okay, so the rankings come out just now. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. USC's got a tough game against Utah. They've already lost to Utah. TCU, they've had some close games. I mean, they've had some major comebacks. They're somewhat vulnerable. I don't think Michigan's going to lose to a Purdue team that they're 14 and a half point favorites against. So, assuming TCU or USC lose, who's, and you just said Ohio State's five. There's no way the committee is going to keep Ohio State or Alabama out. Correct? I, I think Alabama's
0: all but toast. I don't. I don't. Alabama doesn't play another game. I, I don't. I don't know how they would get back in. Um, uh,
1: well, the logic think, is is that they they have lost two games to right. top ten teams on the road by a combined six points.
0: <laughs> right. Um. And yeah, and I don't know how much what, what people think of LSU anymore, but at the same it's time, three loss
1: team, they can't take right. a
0: three loss team, right? So, no, no, I'm saying that that one of those that was one of the teams Alabama lost to, right? So, um, I, I think that I think that TCU is, is locked in. I, I, I would I would make that argument. I mean, they're playing a really difficult, a difficult conference. I think their win, their wins over Kansas State and Texas are really strong. I, I even think the you know. Uh, the Baylor wins really great, um, so I I think TCU is all but locked in. If USC wins, obviously, you know, um, they, well then everything's going to hold. Right, right. Everything would hold because it doesn't really matter. But 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 what does matter is that USC potentially jumped to three, and that's the team that um, Michigan would play. But I don't I don't know that for certain because again, TCU is playing Kansas State again. So if that does hold, I, I think that TCU would would play Michigan, but if TCU lost, they might drop to four. Um, but I, if, if USC loses, that's the question. And I don't think it's a question. I think Ohio state would make the playoff and, and take on Georgia in Atlanta, uh, where, where one of the playoff semifinals is. Um, so uh, yeah, again, for Ohio state to make it uh, 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 and the heels of their, their best win are, are Penn state, which is, you know, a real win that they pulled out of their asses and, and against Notre Dame in the first week of the season where they really struggled. Um, again, that's, yeah. I mean, they, they could make it. it. It's possible. I
1: think they'd get steamrolled by Georgia, but it is what it is. Who would you rather face? Assuming everything holds, right? Everybody wins out. Everybody holds. Um, who would you rather face? TCU or USC? I think I'd rather
0: face TCU. I, I'm really, I, I don't want to play, play against Caleb Williams. The guy's a star. I mean, he's a star. I mean, he's going to win the Heisman Trophy. He's, um, he, he really, he really, he's incredible. Um, and I, I am worried about our secondary. Um, they weren't tested much in this game. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, Ohio State, for all you could say about their receivers, Marvin Harrison was incredible, incredible. He's going to be a great NFL player. Um, but the other guys weren't as impressive last year. We played against Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. You see what they're doing right now in the NFL. They're, they, they're, they were a factory of receivers. Your
1: boy, they, you know, Garrett Wilson, how the right. tables have turned.
0: Yeah, yeah. dude, I, I'm all for Garrett Wilson today. Um, but, uh, I, I just, yeah, I, I'm concerned about USC just because of Caleb Williams. And, and I think TCU's defense is really weak and I think we'll be able to run the ball on them uh, TCU's struggled. Um, they've, they're, they're battle tested for sure. They, they've win, they won a lot of games in the fourth quarter. Um, but give, give up, give me Michigan on a neutral where Michigan fans will show up. Even I, I believe that game would probably be in Glendale, Arizona, uh, just because Georgia would probably get first pick up where the game would be. Um, but,
1: um, yeah, I think I, I would rather TCU in that game. Would Michigan have a chance against Georgia this year? Last year didn't go so great.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, you gotta say, yeah, because of Jim Harbaugh and the way he's able to prepare his, his guys, but oh man, that's a tall order. That defense is still nasty. Um, Stetson Bennett, I think he's better this year. I think Brock Bowers taking a leap at tight end. Um, and then they have a good stable of running backs. Um, this is, yeah, they're, they're a good squad. It's, it's, it's a lot,
1: we'll say. All right, we'll get you out on this. So, obviously, you're on cloud nine for Michigan football. Michigan football is the is the big story. Where are you at with the basketball team right now? Ooh, got a big one tonight. Uh, playing against
0: Virginia, a top five team, and then Virginia's back to being a machine. Um, I, ah, they're, they're learning right now. They're learning. Uh, Hunter Dickinson continues to be a, a rock down low, but – what was uh, this 19? his eighth
1: year on campus? Eighth year <laughs> no. for Hunter Dickinson?
0: He's actually a true junior, but uh, uh, he it, it, it's, it's yeah, just it's like Harry Ellis
1: was a true junior for Kansas once upon a time, you know? <laughs> it feels like the same
0: thing totally. I mean, it's it's a lot to keep replacing your point guard, and and you know, the the, the way the transfer portal works in college basketball is, is crazy, and every, everybody has a new set of players. Um, you know, Juwan's kid Jet Howard is, has been awesome, but. It's uh this is going to be uh,
1: a second half team for sure. All right. All right. So Michigan football, we're on cloud nine. The jets are fairly confident. Michigan basketball is, is a work in progress. How are we feeling about the Mets?
0: Islanders are there. pretty
1: good. How are we feeling about the Mets?
0: We're, we're not there yet. We, we think uncle Steve's going to spend some money uh but uh we'll get there he did it on edwin so we'll see
1: the grom back
0: <laughs> i think so i think so um but we'll see
1: you're like you're you're very chipper you're, you're in a great mood this is this is great i mean normally it's it's depression around these these parts but you're in a great mood michigan football let's go
0: what's there not to love what's there not to love awesome
1: all right well i'm rooting <laughs> for the wolverines the rest of the year obviously but- and again once the college playoff is set we'll probably have you back on to preview it because you know you're you're my uh my expert here because i don't know a whole heck of a lot Uh, i just you know regurgitate a little bit of what i hear but yeah no it's this was uh this was great i i thoroughly enjoyed your rant on ohio state and the fan base it's wonderful It's nice to see somebody get off on the tears of their rival. It's a beautiful thing. It's what we wake up for. It's what we live for. It's wonderful. Jordan Marks, this was great, man. All right, buddy. Take care. Thanks again to recurring guest, Mr. Jordan Marks, for coming on to gloat about his Michigan Wolverines. He's having himself quite a stretch right now. Quite a stretch for your boy. And good for him. Good for him. Hope Michigan takes it all the way this year. I'm rooting for him. And that's episode 186. For the love of the game. Take us out, Mike Jones. I'm just keep calling My phone, i roaming. Hoping my Maybach. Hey, the knockers, we on the
0: grind. And they not big mowing. Mike down. Hope Mike down. Hope Mike down. Hope Mike, Mike, Mike down. Down. Mike Downs. With the house in the red shop. Big mowing. Mike Jones
1: with the shop.